Great to see you here, Lisa. <laughs> wow, you're looking great this morning. You're happy? Yeah, it's summertime, huh? Winter's finished. And it's so good to see you here. Like I said before, Kate and I just come back from a few days in um, Rarotonga. And I thought I'd have, a, have another guy getting my license. So I had a guy get him my license and uh, get a motorbike license. You can get them over there. And, uh, oh, you know, I just graduated from the master's last, you know, next in a couple of weeks, but um, getting my license, man, that was tough. So pray for these guys when they go and sit their exams. Eh? It was like, it's tough. But uh, really want to encourage you this morning, and uh, God is just doing some great things in our midst, and uh, I've just been really sensing the Lord speak to me afresh about the future, and I'm very, very excited about that. One of the things I want to, I'll probably show you in the next couple of weeks is um, something that's happening right now as we speak. We invested into uh, Pakistan, and we helped launch a satellite TV station there, the first one in uh, that part of the world, and I was just looking at some photos this morning, and right now they're having a crusade in Karachi. There's not just one crusade every now and again. These crusades, they're running them uh, about half a dozen at least a year. And this one at the moment in Karachi, there is over a million people there. <laughs> over a million people there. You want to see the photo of it? It's just a sea of people. And uh, this has really been part of uh, our investment into, not just into, into a TV station, but into a means of extending the gospel to reaching people that have never heard the gospel. And because of that investment, these, these are the crowds that are starting to draw now that are hungry, and they're hearing about it from, from Isaac TV. Previously, it would have, uh, if you want to run a big crusade there, it would cost a lot, a lot of money to, to put it on. Now, because of our investment into Isaac TV, so many people know about it. Those can have a prayer meeting, and over a million people will turn up, and amazing miracles will happen. So I hope you get a big picture of that and, and show you all so you can just see how much you're giving and how much your generosity and how much uh, we've been able to impact the nations. And that there is only just one part. We're getting millions and millions of people are being touched by the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's just so exciting. And uh, just another ministry partner of ours has just planted another church in, um, in China, so we'll hopefully uh, get some more news about that very shortly. How many of you got your Bibles with you this morning? Yeah? You got your Bibles? If you haven't got one, I think we've got one here for you. We'll put it up on the screen. Just really want to share what, uh, something that God has really, really been speaking to me about, and, uh, and I'm just going to take you on a journey over the next little while and so we'll just see how far we get through today. Uh, but just something that I know that God is going to really touch you and speak into your heart. Uh, in John chapter 7 and verse 37, uh, Jesus stands and he is the promise of the Holy Spirit. He says, on that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, "It's an incredible, incredible statement here. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, out of the scripture, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Holy Spirit, we pray right now that you would just speak to us. Holy Spirit, today I pray that you would just help us and walk with us as we journey this, uh, this scripture out in Jesus' name. Amen. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. And then as, 
whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. If you look at this piece of scripture here, there's two groups of people here. On one side, you've got the people that are thirsty. The other side, you'll have a group of people that are filled with the Holy Spirit and they have a well inside of them. So Jesus is, is inferring to two people here, two groups of people here, those that are thirsty, those that are filled, not just filled, but are actually overflowing with water. So this is where the Holy this is the plan and the purpose for our for God, I believe, in our life, is that we won't be uh, we won't be living our lives thirsty all the time, but we actually become a well of the Holy Spirit that we actually in our hearts become a well of life. That's how you and I are called to be wells of the living water, wells of the Spirit of God. When we're talking about water, water is essentially the essence of life. When you do not have water, you don't have life. Right? If you don't have it, you die. One of the things, if you look at the, there's different stages to thirst. You have people that are kind of a little bit parched. You have people that are thirsty. Then if, if the need is not filled, you go to another stage where you start to wither. And after you start to wither, eventually, if you still not have water, you start to die. And eventually, you come to a point of death. And so that is not the plan and the purpose of God for our lives. God has given us his Holy Spirit within us, and then within us, that there would be a well of life that would touch people around us. Amen? Amen? Amen. Have you ever been to a place, have you ever been and seen a piece of ground where uh, you put some, it, it is so dry that you put water on it, and it's like, you can get a whole bucket of water, and it doesn't matter how much you pull on it, it just saps it up and it's gone. Gone. It's like it didn't even touch the sides. You ever been like that? You ever seen a scenario like that? Something has been so dry, you've just poured something on it, and it's gone. It's like, where'd the water go? Right. You try it again, and it's like, it doesn't matter how much water, the, the, the ground is so dry, the ground is so dead. It doesn't matter how much water you seem to put on it, it just sucks it up. Gone. Finished. One of the things um, about people is also is that sometimes... It doesn't matter how much you put into something, it just saps it away. And its, it's condition is so withered, its condition is so dry and dead, it doesn't matter how much you put on it, it just sucks it away. It's kind of like, sometimes you can be so thirsty, right? You get th- so thirsty that a hard day is where you are very thirsty, and you go to the fridge and there's a nice can of, uh, let's just say, Diet Pepsi. You open it up and you whack it back, you chock it back, and it doesn't even... Touch the sides. You are thirsty. You know that you are thirsty. When you knock something like that back, that thirst quencher of LMP, you knock it back and it doesn't even touch the sides. And it's like it's had no effect. Right? You're thirsty. <laughs> Sometimes people are very much in a similar, po- a similar position that you come across people and it's like, so Jesus is talk, talking not about a, a tangible water. He's talking about a spiritual water, a flow of life that lives within inside people. Sometimes you find people are so dry, they are so thirsty, they are so withered, they have come into such a state that it doesn't matter how much encouragement, it doesn't matter how much you pray for them, it doesn't matter how good the preacher is, it doesn't matter what you do for them, it just seems to suck it away. It's like nothing has ever happened. It's like they seem to be in such a state 
that it doesn't matter how much you invest into that person. It doesn't matter how much water that you put into that person. It doesn't matter how much you try to even encourage them. They just sap it away, and it's like nothing has ever happened. Anyone been seen a person like that? <laughs> it doesn't matter how much you try and do for the person. They're still in the same place. Right? Even Christians get into the same place. It doesn't matter how much you pray for a person. They're still, got, they're still depressed. They're still in a place of hopelessness. They're still in a place where they're dry. They're still not into a place where they're producing water. So you've got one set of people that are consumers of water. You've got some people that are consumers of life. And you've got other people that are producers of water. You've got people that are producers of life. Somewhere we fit somewhere in one of those two camps. Either we're producers or we're consumers or we're somewhere in between. One of the things that I'm believing for God to do in this next season of our lives is to bring us from a place where we are not just primarily consumers, but we are producers of eternal life. The Bible says that Jesus, Jesus said right there, he said, he talks about uh, an eternal life. You know, I was just thinking it's about, you look at people in the world today, and there is a, an insatiable pursuit to stay young. Yeah? People spend so much money on stuff to make them either look young or feel young. People are pursuing all sorts of means to try and find the everlasting fountain of youth. You all know what I'm talking about. Some will try and find a hog to try and make them feel young again. Some will try and find a this or that or try and add these things into their life. They'll spend so much stuff, so much money to buy so much stuff or to do so many alterations. Alterations, modifications, upgrades. You all know what I'm talking about, huh? Upgrades. It's a good word. Everywhere you go, there are people spend so much on it. But you'll find for some people, in fact, for every person you'll find that it doesn't matter how much you spend, the inevitable will eventually happen. I think you'll find a whole bunch of people, they'll get to the end of their life and they'll have this permanent surprise look on their face. Right? <laughs> but you know, for some people, it doesn't matter how much you try and paint that barn, doesn't matter how much you try and spend on that thing, They, you kind of feel like telling some people, you know, you ought to kind of want to look in the mirror. I think you're kind of wasting your money a little bit. <laughs> There's no one here like that. No. I promise you. You all look good look from here. But you know what I'm talking about. Wherever you go, you see people trying to do things to try and find that fountain of youth. But here Jesus talks about it. He said, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his innermost belly shall flow rivers of eternal, life, of, of eternal life. That's an eternal life. That's forever young. There is a key. Jesus just talks about it, that you can have eternal life and be forever young. How many people like that idea? Yeah, yeah. thought you would. You know, I was um, even talking, with, just my interaction with mum and dad, it's kind of like, well, he's 70. And like he can outpace a teenager. 
He's got more energy than a rabbit. You know, the guy is just... And you see, some other people, they get old before their time. It's like, it, I went to the uh, supermarket the other day to buy, um, just get a nice bottle of Pinot Gris or something, whatever it was. There's a couple there with me, and um, the lady asked me for ID. Yeah, the lady asked for ID, and uh, I was so excited. God, I found it, the fountain of youth. And unfortunately, it wasn't for me. It was the young Chinese kid that was next to me. You know, some of these guys, they can be 50 and still like a teenager. And it's like, for a moment there, I was flattered. So I just pleaded with her a little bit, just please ask me for ID. I've got some here if you want to see it. <laughs> but some people, they grow old before their time. You know? Some people, when you look at them, it's like, really? You know, you've even, even seen, unfortunately, Christians or people that come to church, and they've grown old before their time. Friends, not, that's not God's plan for your life. You know, 80 years old, Moses was saying, give me this mountain. This is my mountain. There's things for me. I'm not ready to go yet. And there's things for me to accomplish. Uh, and I know there's people here that you're pushing the upper end of that scale and you've got, more, you've got just as much energy. You're in that same position. But maybe there are some people here today that you're not in that position. And... Uh, one of the things I really want to uh, do as a church is bring us into a place over this little while, bring us from a place of dryness and parchedness into a place of eternal life. I can't just do it in one, in one meeting because otherwise it, will just do it. it won't do it justice. But I'm really believing for us as a church to come into a new season, a place of new horizons, new things, where we can become that fountain of youth, where people can look at you, where people can look at what we do and say, wow, I want some of that, what that person's got. Oh, whatever they're drinking, I want some of that. Right? <laughs> Whatever that person's drinking, I want some of that. So water is the essence of life. Some people, it doesn't matter how much you encourage them, they're still in a place of dryness. Right? It doesn't matter how much you try and do for a person, they don't seem to change. The wrinkles in the heart are still there. If there's one thing that saps the life from a person, first of all, we want to talk about what saps the life of people. Uh, and then we're going to, we'll move on from there. If there's one thing that saps the life from people, it is this. It's discouragement. It's something that it's inevitable that every person faces. I don't believe there is a person in this room here today that has not faced discouragement to some degree or another. One of the greatest pains of a person's soul is that of discouragement. There is nothing else, I believe, that can keep people in a place of powerlessness such as discouragement can. Maybe you're here this morning and you're in a place of discouragement. Today, I want to help you through that journey that you come from a place of discouragement, come from a place of witheredness and into a place of eternal life. Discouragement is one of the biggest things. It's disappointment. It's the compl- disappointment is the complete opposite of faith. Disappointment will keep you in a place of powerlessness. You know when you're in a place of faith because you're in a place of expectancy. You know when you're in a place of disappointment because there's no expectancy in your life. 
Some people, we come into a place where we're just not expecting anymore. We don't expect things to happen. When you're in faith, faith expects things. Faith is a place where you expect things that are not as though they are. When you're in a place of faith, you're expecting something to happen. But when you lose expectancy, that tells me that something has withered, something is dry in your heart. And disappointment is something that affects every person. Something I've struggled with. It's something I can't get away from. If I'm going to be in a place of expectancy, then with that will come disappointment. So the the two things go, go hand in hand. When you look in Judges chapter 6 and verse 2, when Israel was in, a, was in a very, very broken place, in verse 2 it says, after they had planted, that's where the enemy had came. Because the hand of Midianites prevailed against them. And so it talked about, uh, so they were hiding in the cages in the next verse. So after they, the Bible says, uh, and, that, and that scripture says, after they had planted, that's when the enemy had came. One of the things that you'll find out, you'll discover, is whenever you put things out there, whenever you sow things out there, when you sow in expectancy, when you put something out there and expecting a harvest, expecting a return on something, when you plant, you, you don't plant just for the fun of it, do you, Brighton? No, you're a plant. You plant and you expect a harvest. You expect it to produce something. There is nothing more, I believe, that can, that can sap the life from somebody that when you sow something... You look at some of our harvesters, some of our growers here. They spend a whole year or how much time and uh, investing into producing a harvest and then a hailstorm comes and can wipe out just like that. There is nothing more that can sap the life out of a person that when you plant something or you sow something out and then something comes and takes it away. One of the reasons why the Israelites could keep uh, were, were kept in a place like that because every time they started to sow something out there, the enemy would come and try and pluck it away. Sometimes you'll find where whenever you step out there and try and put something, uh, whether, it, whether you invest into a person, whether you invest financially, when you invest your heart or you invest uh, something that represents your life into something and it gets taken away, it's disappointing. Many people today, you would have faced disappointment at some point. You put your expectancy on something and it never turned out as that you hoped it would. It's an inevitable. It's something that every person faces. It's something that every person faces. And so maybe you're here today and you're in that place. You can come to church and we can clap all we like, but actually in our heart, we remain in a place where we're dry and brokenness. It doesn't matter how much songs we sing or anything like that. Still, you're in a place of disappointment. So every day, people deal with disappointments, depending on how big the disappointment and how you choose to deal with it. Really shapes everything. Some disappointments, they, they can dissipate. You know, they come and then they go. But for many, for many people, when we face disappointment, it sticks in our heart. It sticks in our heart. I know for, I, I face a lot of disappointments in my life. Uh, I expect things to happen. It's, it's my nature. I want to be in faith. But in, of course, the, the challenge of being in a place of faith is not always works out as though you expect it to work out. So you're forced to face with disappointment. So all of us will face it to varying degrees. 
For some people, disappointment can hang over their life for a long time. Can't seem to shake it. Maybe you're in a, a place like that this morning. If disappointment, if we don't handle our disappointments, if we don't face them, if we don't address them and, and deal with the disappointment, what it does, it can take root inside of our life and bring us into a place of bitterness. One of the things of when you look around some people, it's like it doesn't matter how much they've tried to paint themselves up, you look in their eyes and they, it's not that the fact that they're uh, physically ugly, but you can kind of look at them and say, there is something not right in your spirit. There is something ugly about your personality. There is bitterness and disappointment. So disappointment, it's like a wedge and it starts to come into a person's life. And we'll just talk a little bit about that shortly. But when you allow it to fester, when you allow disappointment to fester inside of your life, when you allow it to take root, eventually it grows into a place of bitterness. One of the things you'll find is it's like it doesn't matter how much you produce for somebody. It doesn't matter how much they spend on themselves. Try how to hide them. You know, the eyes are the window to the soul. And eventually it comes out. Eventually you'll see it. You'll hear it. You'll see it visually. It'll affect the person. It'll affect them physically. You can tell by the words that they speak. You know, some people, I've, you know, I watch people. I listen to people. You know, that, you know, some are out of church, some are in church. Some have their hands raised and say some wonderful things. But I listen to people when they're outside of church and uh, when they've got their normal face on. <laughs> and, and I listen. I think, you look good. You look good on the outside. But actually, I can also see something else. That Man, you're carrying bitterness. You're getting old before your time. You're obviously carrying a lot of disappointment on your shoulders. You're obviously carrying a lot of disappointment in your heart. And it's not just falling off. Actually, you've become bitter. You've become bitter. It's one of the worst things that can keep you, it's one of the things that can keep you in a place of powerlessness is when you allow disappointment to fester inside of your life and it turns into bitterness. Disappointments, basically in short, you had, a, you had an expectation and things did not fall, unfold against that expectation. You had an expectation on something or somebody, and things did not unfold against what you expected to. There are two sources of disappointment. One is people. Second one is circumstances. Sometimes we place our expectations on people. You, know, you expected a person to do something for you. You expected a person to, to be there for you when they weren't. Sometimes it's expectations that we place on people. Sometimes it's expectations that we, we expect from people, you know. It's kind of like um, for parents, we can, we can place expectations on our kids. And if you've got kids, you can tell now, they don't always do what you expect. <laughs> don't disappoint me, son. You know? Just that alone can create a wedge inside of a relationship. Sometimes you have an expectation on your, your mum or your dad or your, or your pastor. Let's go back to the mum and dad. That's a much more easy one. <laughs> kind of a bit hot. You, have an ex- you put an expectation on them to do something and they don't do what you expected. Right? But sometimes it's circumstances. 
You know, you hoped things would work out in a particular way, and that didn't work out as you hoped it would work out. Maybe you prayed for something, you prayed into something, it doesn't matter. You prayed and you fasted, or you just hoped, or you did everything, you tithed, you, you even gave above your tithe. You did everything you possibly could, and it didn't work out as you expected. How many people have been in that situation before? Yeah? Maybe it's towards somebody else. Maybe you've expected something to, somebody to do something or to be something for you. That can happen in marriages. You know, you come into a marriage and uh, two people come and you expect your husband to, to be this and to do that and the reality is he never turned up or he never uh, met up to the expectation that you had for him. Right? Maybe it's the other way around. You had expectation in your wife and it never happened. Maybe you had an expectation on your father or your mother and they didn't meet up to your expectation. What happens? You get disappointed. Often you'll find, you'll find that there's an accumulation of lots of little disappointments. And unless you actually deal with those disappointments, those disappointments will take root inside of your heart. And I think you'll find that more people are more disappointed and more bitter than you think they are. I thought I was clean, but actually one of the things I, I had to discover and had to journey, actually, I'm bitter about some things. I thought I was, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a bad guy. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and do some pretty cool things and things around. But actually, one of the things I've had to deal with is bitterness in my own heart. I had to face, actually, David, you're disappointed. And this disappointed, actually, you're bitter. What you're speaking, the words that you're saying right now, I had to pull myself up and be aware, actually, there's bitterness inside of your heart. Actually, you haven't dealt with your disappointments. You've become bitter. What are you going to do about it? I know if I feel it, I know many people here do it. But that's not the end of the story. I want to bring you forward and bring you out of that place. So for me, I'm on a journey of allowing God to deal with my own heart and to deal with things that have disappointed me and bring healing into those areas. I could probably guess that it'd be a couple of other people here might be in a similar position. One of the things I used to get disappointed about was this. Uh, you know, I love my mum and dad, but as dad got popular in ministry... Uh, Often he was away traveling for, for, a, for a fair time, and he was often not there for my birthday. And I expected him there to be there for my birthday, and he wasn't there. Initially, I started to get disappointed because that expectation that he would be there. Right? And when he wasn't there, I got put into a place. Initially, I got disappointed. One of the things I had to learn to do was deal with my disappointment over that, deal with my expectations. One of the things we also know about is that... Um, uh, you know, you can get disappointed with your kids. You can get disappointed with your spouse. Peter also got disappointed. It had been a great promise that a saviour would come and, and bring people out of Israel and bring them out of bondage. And Jesus came, and, and it was looking like it was gonna, this man was going to be the one that was going to overthrow the Roman Empire and make the world a happier place again. Yeah. And Jesus, Peter even had this amazing revelation in Matthew chapter 16. He's, oh, blessed are you, have this massive revelation. And then Jesus said, actually, it's not going to work out the way that you're, going to ex that you're expecting or you're going to think it's going to work out. And he said, get behind me, Satan, because you're not mindful of the things of God, but you're mindful of the things of men. All right? One of the things, when we come to facing areas of disappointment, one of the things that I believe, one of the things that I would also do was this, is as soon as I got disappointed... My initial reaction or my initial response was to blame the other person. It must be their fault. It must be something that you have disappointed me. 
You have disappointed me deeply. Uh, actually, one of the things that I have failed to do was address my own expectation on the area. Because one of the things about our expectations is this. Sometimes our expectations are so narrow-minded. And our expectations can be, so, can be based on a whole bunch of assumptions. I've had people that have been disappointed with me because I didn't do something. But what they didn't know was I had a whole bunch of other things that were going on inside of me at that time. So this is the whole thing about disappointment. It involves expectation, but sometimes our expectations... We are so narrow-minded on that that we miss out the bigger picture. The problem is not that our expectation was actually not on the other person, but it was actually because of the expectation that we put on that person. So there are some things that you can rightfully expect of a person, but some things you can't always expect. Of, you can't always expect some things to happen, unfold the way that you have in your mind. Sometimes we set ourselves up for disappointment. One of the things for me is I, I got disappointed that sometimes that dad couldn't be there for my birthday. I had the choice I could dwell on that disappointment or I could put myself in his shoes and say, well, what's going on in his world? What is going on? Let's not be self-centered about this. Let's not get all tied up in knots over it. What's going on? What's part of the bigger picture? For me, I was narrow-minded in the fact that I just wanted to be selfish and just have him put there. But actually, the bigger picture was if I didn't hold on to him, if I did hold on to him, then other people, a whole bunch of other people would have missed out on receiving a major touch from God. So actually my perspective was, yeah, I had an expectation there, but actually I was also a wee bit narrow-minded on my expectation. When I started to deal with that, I was able to release and say, it didn't actually bite me as much as it did anymore, actually. I'm so glad that he can go and travel and do what he does because he brings hope to so many people. Sometimes our expectations are laced with a whole bunch of assumptions that have never, ever been surfaced to challenge. Sometimes, wives, the expectation that you put on your husbands, your husband may disappoint you. Have you ever stopped to... I mean, there's things that you can rightfully expect, but sometimes there are assumptions that we make and never talk about and actually, we set ourselves up for disappointment. Maybe you're here today and you're disappointed. You know, there's a good side to disappointment too, which we're going to get into next week. But some disappointment, sometimes our, our expectations set us up for disappointment. And that's where it's kind of a, a conundrum. We, it, it, it's often difficult to work out, but disappointments can also grow us. One of the things about disappointment, it works their life like a wedge. The first seed of doubt, when it starts to take root and starts to germinate, can move on. So one of the first stages is disappointment. Second stage is discouragement. You get disappointed, then you move into a place where you're discouraged. When you're discouraged and you stay in the place of discouragement, you start to, place, start to move into a place of disillusionment. It's kind of like a, a wedge, like a triangle. Your disillusion, it's like the perception you had of the world, the perception that you had of what your pastor should be, or your, the perception of what you had that your children should be, or your wife should be, or your husband should be. The expectation, the perception of how you saw, the whatever, the, the, the perception that shaped your expectations in the first place. When you become disillusioned, what happens is all your world starts to fall apart, and you start to... 
perspective or the, the lenses in which you viewed people on, viewed circumstances on, start to come down. Become, it's a very difficult place to be in. People start to get delusion, uh, caught up in disillusionment. Next place, people start to then go into a place of depression. You start to see, first of all, they're thirsty, they need of something. Then they come down to a place of withering. So when people start to get discouraged or, or disillusioned, they start to come into a place of, of witheredness. Depression is often uh, caught up with, uh, connected to anger. Often people that are angry, they, they can express it outwardly. Sometimes they turn it inside. And so one of the definitions of, of depression is anger turned inward. It's part of the emotion that, that gets inside of our heart. The last place that people come into a place is, is that of defeat. When you're in a place of defeat, it doesn't matter how much water or how much encouragement that you put on somebody. It doesn't matter how much you try and encourage a person. They're in a place of defeat. They are hopelessness. Just like the Israelites, with, with, um, they, were, they were in a place of defeat. They were hiding. There was, there was nothing there. Maybe some people here today, you're, you're at some point in that, in that wedge. You, starts off with a little bit of discouragement and starts to move down into discouragement, into disillusionment, into depression, into defeat. Friends, I want to encourage you today. It doesn't matter where you are in that place. God is able to meet you where you are. God is able to lift you out of that place right where you are. One of the first things we've got to do is start to look at our own heart and, 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 and deal with the issue of bitterness. Bitterness and resentment is one of the most destructive emotions that we can have in our, in our heart. When somebody is bitter, I can tell you now, it doesn't matter how much you try and spend on yourself, unless you deal with the bitterness, you remain in a place of horribleness, for a better word to describe it. For some people, you look into their eyes and listen to how they sound, it's like, yeah, you may sound religious, but man, you are bitter in your heart. You are bitter. What has got, what disappointments, what has got into your heart that is causing you to be like this. That is what will keep you, will get you old before, you, before your time. If you allow bitterness to take root in your heart, you will find that you'll get old before your time. So the key, I believe, to an eternal fountain of youth will be to deal with the bitterness. Deal with what saps the life in your heart. Deal with that. Allow, be truthful about that. Jesus said, if any person's thirst, let him come to me. So one of the first things that you're going to have to do is to be proactive. You need to come to Jesus. Jesus, I'm bitter on my heart. <laughs> I'm deeply disappointed. I've gone through all these stages, and, and I'm, in, I'm bitter. In Hebrews 12, verse 14, it says, Pursue peace with all men, and the sanctification without no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. So see to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. So is it then possible that we can become short of the grace of God? Is it possible? I suggest according to the scripture, it's possible. And that no root of bitterness springs up that causes trouble, and by it many may be defiled. So one of the things you'll find, he's talking about there that, I believe he's talking about this, that when we allow bitterness to get inside of our heart, actually it can separate us from the grace of God. We can miss out. We can, uh, we can fall short of the grace of God. But there's, I don't think there's anything else in the Bible that refers to falling short of the grace of God, but yet when we have a bitter spirit, when we allow bitterness to get inside of our heart, 
the, the, uh, the Greek definition of the word root means to, uh, is, is spoken of one who has a superficial experience of divine truth, but has not permitted it to make its way into the innermost recesses of our soul. I have come up for prayer a number of times for healing for various parts of my life. Touched, well, but actually what I didn't do, I thought I was healed, but actually what I didn't do was really allow the truth of God to get deep into my heart. And until I really allow that to happen, I'll stay in a place of bitterness. For some people, it doesn't matter how much they spend on themselves, doesn't matter how much they get delivered, prayed for, ministered to, doesn't matter how many times you can go through a course, if you don't allow the truth to really get inside of your heart. So actually, I'm bitterly disappointed. Actually, I'm in a place of defeat. Actually, I'm really gutted about this. Actually, I'm really dead in the heart. I've gone to all the courses. I've tried to paint all these things on. But actually, I'm dead in the heart. And eventually, it comes out. A bitter person. You can tell how you can tell a, a, a bitter person... Got some ideas here. Bitterness is characterized by an unforgiving spirit and it's generally negative. Bitterness can be tied up with resentment. Resentment is towards is, is bitterness that is geared towards somebody in authority. Bitter people have an amazing memory for the tiniest detail. <laughs> you hurt me twenty years ago. We've had a couple of those, haven't we? <laughs> I did what? 20 years ago you did this on this particular day and you were wearing this particular shirt. And Yes, you did. You said that to me. I can see you all thinking about some things now. Eh? <laughs> Maybe it's not between you and me. Maybe it's between somebody else. But bitterness has an amazing detail of wrongs. Complete opposite to love. You know, the Bible says love remembers no wrongs. Well, bitterness will remember every single wrong. There are some people, they just have this amazing ability to remember every fault. You said this. Yes, you did. You treated me like this. You did that. Well, you should, you should. You know, you can hear it. In the, you can hear the tone. You can hear the words when somebody's got a bitter spirit inside of their heart. It tells me this. Something's not right in here. It doesn't matter how much I try and encourage you. It doesn't even tell me how many times. It doesn't matter how many times I can tell you I'm sorry. I just keep pouring it in. I just keep sapping it away until actually you deal with the root of bitterness. It records every offense in their heart, and it's always ready to show how many, how 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 others, how much they've been hurt. They defend their grudges consistently. The hearts are sometimes so full of bitterness that they no longer have any capacity to love or just release. They're so wound up inside of their heart. They're very quick to criticize and pass judgment on other people, but insist that grace is extended to them. They isolate themselves or give opinions but not actually be engaged. I want to encourage you on this. and Friends, I want to encourage you. This is not the life that God has called us to live. But this is a reality of where many people live. 
I love the idea about having a, uh, a well of, a, of the Spirit of God inside of my life. And I pray that it just keeps going and going. But if there's one thing that will stop it, it's bitterness. It's one thing that will stop it, is bitterness. How does bitterness get there? It starts by one disappointment, and then another disappointment, another one. Maybe you're here today, and you've been through a few courses, you sing songs, and you, you've got some good religious talk on you, you've got some good words that you can put out there, but actually, you're bitter. Maybe, like myself, you might have to journey a little bit, say, Holy Spirit, you are the Spirit of truth. Show me. If there's any bitterness in my heart, help me get this out. Help me deal with it. Like Jesus said, so if any man comes to me, let him, if any man thirsts, let him first come to me. Be proactive. Don't wait for somebody just to say, hey man, you're bitter. Ask the Lord. Bring it to the Lord. You don't want to get old before your time. Just in concluding, at the end of the day, there is no one else responsible for your heart except you. There's no one else responsible for my heart except me. I am responsible for what I allow into my heart. Everybody say, I am responsible. Yeah. I am responsible. The Proverbs, guard your heart because out of it flows every issue of life. Every issue of life. I'm responsible. I'm responsible for what I hear. I'm responsible for the words that I hear. I'm responsible for what I do with those words that I hear, whether I let them get into my heart. I'm responsible for the expectations that I put upon other people. I'm responsible to challenge those expectations. I pray that today... Next week, we're going we're gonna to start to really lift it up because disappointment, there can be some amazing things that we can get out of disappointment. And next week, I'm going to really show you how we can start to, how you can turn disappointment around, what you can see out of disappointment, how you can turn it around, and how you can make something good out of your life, how you can turn that situation for good. But one of the first things you've got to do is repent of the bitterness that's inside of your heart. Keep yourself in a place of repentance. Keep yourself in a place where you're just not letting those things get onto you. Like Jesus said, that devil, he ain't got no hold on me. New Testament talks about don't let the devil get a foothold inside of your life. Don't let him get one little bit of disappointment. If they are disappointed, find a way to deal with it properly. Find a way to deal with it. You cannot afford to allow it to get into your heart and rob you of the life that God has for you. You cannot afford to miss out on the grace of God. You can't afford to let it grow and disperse and damage relationships around. You can't, you don't want that. You don't want to get old before your time. You want to live with a pure heart and a clean heart. The Bible says, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Those who has a clean heart, a pure heart and clean hands. Why don't you just close your eyes right now? Holy Spirit. I thank you so much for every person in this place. Thank you, Lord, that you've called every person in this place to be a well of your spirit, Lord. Lord, I pray for those that have faced disappointment. I pray for those that are 
started to realize that actually they're carrying bitterness in their heart. I pray for those that feel like they are defeated. They've disillusioned there. The whole world is falling apart. I thank you, Lord, that you say in your word that you are near to the brokenhearted. Maybe here this morning and you've been challenged a little bit by what I've spoken, that you're in a place of disappointment or you've actually got bitterness inside of your heart. Just with every eye closed, every head bowed, if you say in your heart, if you're feeling the Holy Spirit speak to you and say, yeah, I'm I'm bitter. I'm bitter at people. I'm, I'm bitter at circumstances. God, I'm even bitter at you. I'm disappointed in you, God. Disappointed that you didn't do what I thought you would do or I prayed for it. I'm disappointed. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you are in that place today and you want to acknowledge that and come to Jesus and start the process of healing, I'd just love you just to raise your hand just right where you are. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Holy Spirit, touch people this morning. Touch them this morning, Holy Spirit. Let your love come and bring healing in the name of Jesus. Why don't we just stand right now where we are? What a song we're going to sing, Terry. What I'd love you to do right now is we're just going to sing and worship. I believe that you're my healer. I love you just to just lift your hands and just come to Jesus in your heart. Jesus, search my heart. Search my heart today, Lord Jesus. If there's bitterness in there, if there's disappointment, Lord Jesus, I just let that go to you right now. I'm disappointed over my wife. I'm disappointed over my husband. I'm disappointed over mum or dad or disappointed over circumstances. Lord, today I make a decision to let that go. Make a decision to allow you to come into my heart. Cleanse me, Lord. Go on, let's sing right now. Holy Spirit. You hold my every moment.